Is it possible that you or your loved ones could be raptured tonight? If you're amongst the 65 million people who have purchased one of the books from the Left Behind series, then you may well believe this to be true. The books are based on the idea that just before Jesus Christ returns to earth, a multitude of people who believe they are born-again Christians will be raptured and taken up into the clouds to meet Christ in the air. 65 million copies of the books have been sold. Some have purchased all of the books in the series. Others have read just one or two of them. Why are people so fascinated by the Bible's end-time prophecies, and in particular, the promise of being saved from terrible times predicted to soon occur? Well, according to the Left Behind series, these events occur sometime before the Great Tribulation spoken of by Jesus Christ in his Olivet Prophecy. We're told that this end-time cataclysm will be a time of great anguish and suffering for mankind that will end after the last of the seven bowls of wrath mentioned in the book of Revelation are poured out. According to rapturists, Jesus Christ will return and meet them in the air and then take them to heaven with him before the Great Tribulation. They believe that he will save them from the terrors that will come on the world at that time. And, according to them, the wicked and non-believers will be left behind to suffer a terrible fate because they did not believe and obey God. You need to know what the truth is about Christ's return and to hear vital facts about what will occur on this earth before his return. To ignore the truth could leave you confused and with a false hope for the future. Don't be too sure that what you have heard agrees with what the Bible says on this important subject. Now, no one knows precisely when Jesus Christ will return, but we do know that certain events must occur before he does. And these are called the signs preceding his coming. We can know the truth if we're willing to accept God at his word. Now let's answer the question then, is the rapture coming soon? Stay tuned. Warm greetings to our Tomorrow's World viewers, and especially if you've joined us for the first time. Immediately after Jesus Christ ascended to heaven, 
two angels appeared to the disciples. The book of Acts reveals to us what they were told in chapter 1 and verse 11. Let me read it to you. Now you can follow along in your own Bible as I read. So Acts chapter 1, verse 11. Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. That's right. Just as Christ ascended into the clouds, we're told that he will also return and descend in the clouds. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 17, we are told what happens to those who are alive at Christ's return. Let's read it. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. It is interesting that the expression caught up has led many evangelicals to apply the Latin word rapio to this event. The same word rapio is used for eagles, hawks and falcons that snatch up their prey and carry it into the air. And this is why they are called raptors. The taking up of people into the air is likened to being snatched up as if by an eagle. From the very beginning of the New Testament church, Christ's followers knew that he would return to earth. Do you remember in Matthew chapter 24, in verse 3, his disciples asked him the question, what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Actually, there are 14 signs that can be identified that must be fulfilled before Jesus Christ's return. You can know what these are, and I will give you just a few of them. Why is it necessary for Jesus Christ to come back to the planet Earth anyway? You may be surprised to find that it is not to come in the clouds to whisk away his people, to be in heaven with him for eternity. The truth is far more exciting than that. It's all about him coming to the Earth and remaining here for 1,000 years to bring about a transformation of the planet to bring about utopia and a fulfillment of God's plan for mankind. Humans have never achieved their true potential. Jesus Christ is returning to make that possible. And he's offering you a personal opportunity to be on his team to help bring it about. The idea that Jesus will come to earth again and rapture his saints to heaven before the great tribulation simply cannot be supported by Scripture. The truth is that there are many events that must occur before Christ returns at the seventh or the last trump. Soon after his return, he descends to the earth on the Mount of Olives. Notice what the prophet Zechariah tells us about this event. Zechariah chapter 14 verse 4 states, And in that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives. But let's continue on in verse 9 where we read, And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day it shall be, The Lord is one and his name one. The Bible clearly states that Jesus Christ will rule over all the earth, not in heaven as so many people believe. So to help you understand the sequence of events that are 
prophesied. Let me use this chart from a booklet that I often use about the book of Revelation that clearly shows the order of prophetic events outlined in this book. After the four horsemen have ridden throughout the earth, fulfilling the first four seals of Revelation chapter 6, we come to the fifth seal, which reveals martyrdom and great tribulation. Then the seventh seal is made up of seven trumpets, seven trumpet blasts covering the day of the Lord. And after all of these signs have been fulfilled, the seventh trumpet sounds. And this is called the last trump. The kingdom of God is proclaimed at this time and the second coming of Jesus Christ occurs. Soon after this event, the 1,000 year reign of Jesus Christ on earth will begin. Before this millennial time can come about, some dark and desperate days lie ahead for planet earth. As we have seen from the chart, there's going to be a period of three and a half years made up of the Great Tribulation and the Day of the Lord. The Bible tells us that this time will be the worst the world has ever known. But we're also told that God will protect his faithful servants during that time. But it will not be in heaven as so many people believe, but actually here on earth. Now earlier I explained that many sincere Bible students have come to the idea that before the great tribulation comes upon this earth, God will rapture his saints into the air and they will then go to heaven to be with him. But the Bible does tell us that God's true believers will be protected during the tribulation. It tells us that there will be a time when one person will be taken away and another left. And it also tells us that as at Christ's return, the saints will rise to meet him in the air. The dead in Christ will rise first and then be followed by those who are alive at the time. All these facts are true, but there is one major point to consider. The tribulation begins long before Christ's return at the last trump. The total time of the tribulation and the day of the Lord is 42 months or three and a half years. That's right. The Bible clearly shows that the event which many call the rapture applies to the time when Jesus returns at the last trump, which is after three and a half years of terrible tribulations and suffering on the earth and when that is over. It's a biblical impossibility for Jesus Christ to return tonight or any day soon and snatch away his followers. Let me explain to you how the whole idea of the rapture came about. In the 1800s, many Bible students knew that terrible times would be coming and that God promised protection for his faithful flock. They had read in the Bible that Jesus Christ will raise the saints into the air at his return. In an effort to understand the sequence, they put these two events together, but they didn't consider the prophetic events that must take place in the period between the beginning of the tribulation in Revelation chapter 6 and the last trumpet of Revelation in chapter 11. And that's going to be the time of Jesus Christ's return. Wrong ideas have developed 
that you may have heard about. You know, there's, there's an example of a, of a non-Christian person sitting beside a so-called Christian driver in a car when this person is supposedly raptured. And according to the theory, the raptured person is spirited out of the car in, off to heaven. The car loses control, crashes, and the unbeliever is killed. Well, fortunately, this theory is just not true. Please let me explain why. We need to read Matthew chapter 24, verses 40 to 43, where the Bible tells us that people will be taken. Now, it doesn't say where they will be taken, but rapturous believe it will be to heaven. Notice the exact words. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Notice it doesn't say taken up to heaven. It says just taken. Now this is a perfect example of how people can try to make the Bible say what they want it to say. Of course, on its own, and assuming this could occur at any time, one can understand why rapturists believe that it could happen today or tonight. But one of the rules of Bible study is to let the Bible interpret the Bible. We need to seek out other scriptures that will show us that what we have read must be set in a true biblical time frame. If you would like to discover more about how this topic impacts your life, visit us online at www.lcgcanada.org to read our featured literature free of charge. So let's take the time to consider just some of the 14 signs that are in the Bible. Sign number one is wars, violence, and lawlessness. In the last 500 years, the major nations have been at war 605 times. In the 20th century alone, we witnessed 250 wars. And though there has been a decline since the end of the Cold War, we still have 16 ongoing conflicts, one of which is Mexico, where a virtual civil war exists between the government and the drug lords. The rumor of war that we almost fear is the big one of nuclear war. We all know just how real the threat of nuclear annihilation is with the mushroom cloud of destruction forever looming over us. According to the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists, the world is at five minutes to midnight on the doomsday clock. On this virtual clock, midnight represents total all-out nuclear world war. I also mentioned lawlessness, but, but why? Well, one of the signs of our times will be religious as well as humanitarian propaganda that proclaims that God's Ten Commandments are obsolete, out of date, and frankly, even evil. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 22 and 23, we read the following. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. 
And why did he say lawlessness? Well, as you know, many preachers will tell you that the law of God has been done away. This widespread doctrine is being preached today. And you've probably heard someone say to you, you don't need to keep the Ten Commandments. They've been done away with. They've been nailed to the cross. Well, this is what Jesus called lawlessness. And he said, he does not recognize ministers and pastors who teach that his holy law is done away. So let's hear what Jesus Christ did say. He said, Do not think that I have come to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy but to fulfill. By this he meant to fill up God's law to the full. God's law is still in force today. But it is more glorious since it is in both the spirit and the letter under the new covenant. A time is coming when religious deception will take on even greater proportions. A false religious leader will soon arise who will dominate the world's religions. Already a movement is underway to bring Buddhists, Muslims, Christians and Hindus into one great world religion. It could lead to a united religion just like we have the United Nations. And when that happens there'll be one great religious leader who will be called upon to rule over every religion in the world. Be prepared, it is coming. Sign number two is drought and famine. Famine is once again stalking the earth. After a period of relatively cheap food, the rise in the price of oil has hit the poor of the world the hardest. Not only does the price of fuel affect the cost of the transport of food, but also the diesel for tractors and also the production of fertilizers. Recently, the United Nations declared Somalia as officially in famine since 30% of children there are malnourished. It's been more than 60 years since famine so drastically affected the Horn of Africa. Hundreds of thousands of starving Somalis have escaped to Kenya where the government there has set up camps to house and feed their poor neighbors. Next, we will look at some of the other signs that must precede Jesus Christ's return. You're going to be surprised at how specific some of these are and how they will affect you personally. So, sign number three, a crisis strikes Jerusalem. After reading some of the other signs, what will happen to Jerusalem according to Bible prophecy? Well, ever since the United Nations voted for the establishment of the State of Israel, the Jewish nation has been under attack. On four occasions between 1948 and 1973, countries surrounding Israel attacked the new nation with the aim of driving out all Jews from Palestine. Later, Egypt and Jordan signed peace accords with Israel and there was a period of relative peace. In recent years, though, Iran and Syria have been supplying Israel's Palestinian and Hezbollah enemies with advanced rockets and military hardware so they can achieve their avowed aim of driving Israel into the sea. Notice Luke chapter 21 and in verse 20. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation is near. The desolation spoken of includes a specific event, namely the setting up of 
the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel. This associated event is actually another sign for us to look out for. A precursor of this took place in the days of the Greek ruler Antiochus Epiphanes, about 160 years before Jesus' day. He brought pigs into the Jerusalem temple and offered their blood on the altar. Of course, for the Jews, this was a vile abomination, as they believed pigs to be unclean. He also set up a statue of the Greek god Zeus in the temple. Something similar will happen again. Notice what Jesus said. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. The fourth sign is the collapse of the English-speaking nations. Who would have ever thought 10 years ago that the mighty United States of America could be facing bankruptcy? But today, it's a reality, and no one seems that worried. America now owes as much in debt as she earns each year as gross domestic product. That's more than $17 trillion. Long-time viewers of Tomorrow's World understand that we teach that the British and their American cousins are descended from Joseph, son of Israel, and that prophecies in the Old Testament have relevance for them today. In ancient days, when Jacob was living in Egypt, he called his son Joseph and his two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, to his room. Here he blessed the lads and placed his other name, Israel, upon them. These two sons grew into two mighty nations in the last 200 years as Great Britain, that's Ephraim, and the United States, that is Manasseh. Now we see the blessings that God gave to these two nations being removed from them. In fact, the curse on these countries is accelerating and it will climax in a time called Jacob's trouble. In Jeremiah chapter 30 and verse 7 we read, Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it, and it is the time of Jacob's trouble. But then it adds, but he shall be saved out of it. The fifth sign is the heavenly signs. Between the great tribulation and the day of the Lord is a period described in Revelation chapter 6, verses 12 and 14 as heavenly signs. Listen to this. A great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became like blood. Then the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. On today's program, we've examined five signs announcing the return of Jesus Christ. Once again, they are wars, violence and lawlessness. The second, drought and famine. The third, a crisis strikes Jerusalem. The fourth, the collapse of the English-speaking nations. And the fifth, the heavenly signs. There are other signs that I will leave for you to discover. Before we end the program today, I do need to show you what God's Word tells us about His faithful servants who will be alive at the very end of the age. Rather than snatching them up to heaven to escape the Great Tribulation and the Day of the Lord, we're told that God will prepare a specific place on earth 
to physically protect his people. Let me make something clear. The Bible does not specifically tell us where this place of protection will be. We're told, however, that the way of escape will be miraculously provided in a similar way to the crossing of the Red Sea for ancient Israel. Notice firstly in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 10, a small remnant of God's church will be persevering in the truth right up into the time of trial that comes on the whole world. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. The book of Revelation uses a lot of symbolism. And in chapter 12, we read of a woman, an eagle, and a serpent. Here, the church is likened to a woman whom God will save. Let's read verse 14 of Revelation 12. But the woman, that is the true church, was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the presence of the serpent. The serpent, we are told, is Satan the devil. Here we see that God will protect his people from the great tribulation, but it will be somewhere on earth that only he knows. So let's leave that responsibility to God and be sure that we are persevering in his truth, his commandments, and his ways. Thank you for being with us for this program. If you would like to learn more about the specific signs announcing the return of Jesus Christ, please visit us online to read our informative booklet, 14 Signs Announcing Christ's Return. And be sure to join us next week when Gerald Weston, Richard Ames and I will give you even more good news about tomorrow's world. Each week, we will cover a topic that is of special interest to those whom God is revealing his plan for mankind. Remember, we don't pass your personal information on to others and we'll never ask for money. So until next time, goodbye friends. If you would like to discover more about how this topic impacts your life, visit us online at www.lcgcanada.org to read our featured literature free of charge. The preceding program has been produced by the Living Church of God.